or non-production in the Eastern Conference and the ability to increase the value of your team, a.k.a. the Raptors, the Heat, the Bucks, who have done so themselves. And I'm also going to be talking about a little bachelor venting situation as well, too, after watching this season and a little couple things on my mind. But I'm going to dive into first how the Eastern Conference looks with the top four seeds. And the Miami Heat sit in the fourth spot, eight and two in their last ten. Their record is twenty-two and nineteen. Bucks at third at twenty-six and fourteen, winners of five straight. Nets winners of six straight, nine and one in their last ten games without KD for longer than just the ten. Harden and Kyrie seem to be having no issues impacting games on many levels, and they're. Commitment to a team basketball has really been the driving force behind the success thus far. Now, at the top of the East is the 76ers. Uh, without Joel Embiid, they're 8-2. and two. They just lost them just recently. In their last 10, they're 8-2. and two. And I believe that a trade between them, the Raptors, and the Cavs will take place unless Lowry joins the Trippers out West and... You know, the Trippers are in fourth place in the West and need a point guard or anyone. As I've been saying, since my guy Kawhi left the Raptors after they won the championship, they need a facilitating point guard in order to have any success going forward. That's been two years, and I'm still trying to tell people, make a trade and be productive, Trippers. Now, the Trippers, along with... Paul George, in the last 21 games dating back to the beginning of February, they have struggled, struggled immensely. Now, P.J. Tucker is now with the Bucks. The Bucks made that trade for P.J. Tucker and got a first-round draft pick added to a trade to being sent alongside P.J. Tucker to the Bucks. Not the other way around where the Bucks sent the first-round pick. They just got one back that they gave up in the first place. So the Bucks look to have now found that stretch center, despite the fact that he's an undersized center at 6'4", 6'5". But the ability to shoot the corner three, to switch on defense, to actually play basketball the way they're wanting to play. Brooke Lopez is not even saying he's a bad aspect or teammate to the team, but Going forward down the stretch, they're going to need an able body to be able to maneuver around on the perimeter and play some defense and help side and kind of increase the pressure of those who look at Lopez as a liability when guarded out there. Uh, you know, Durant may be able to shoot over Tucker, but defensively he's going to have to earn his drive to the hoop going through Tucker as, a, as opposed to having that separation and comfort he knows he can just take Lopez out at that fifth. And 
The Nets pick up Blake Griffin from the Detroit Pistons as well, too. So they've made adjustments to better their team heading into uh, the second half of this season and upcoming playoffs as well, too. Raptors still overthinking on a lot of things. Like the Lowry trade, they're very – they're more focused on what is better for him. And I understand once in a while teams look at players and say, hey, you know what, this guy's brought a lot to us. Let's see what we can do down the road. And none of that's ever worked out for them because they suffer because they're not willing to think long-term and future aspect of what it looks like without him. And I'm not saying dump him to a team and exile him to a struggling, let's say, we can go to the Minnesota Timberwolves, put him out there. Like, that's not a trade that's worthy enough unless, you know, they want to ship towns out and so on and so forth. And then maybe that's a conversation to have. But Boston is on that overthinking path, too. They're holding on despite losing in the Eastern Conference championship in the bubble to Miami last year. Now Miami's added Trevor Ariza, premier defender, the whole trade with the OKC Thunder and the situation that occurred on a gaming stream on Twitch with Leonard. I don't know who or what he was thinking about when he said it, but education is enlightenment to those who don't know, and the more you know about something and understand about it, then you will know what it it's hurtful or not. You can't be just throwing out words like that. All right? So they get Ariza, primitive defender. You also knock down some threes if left open. But I'm not going to go into that series with the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors where the Rockets were unable to hit the ocean in that game seven, Harden, Tucker, were part of that, and, you know, they couldn't – they went like 0 for, 0 for 80 in that fourth when they just needed a shot after solidifying that they were going to beat Golden State as they were doing the first three quarters and, you know, the fourth hit. And the entire team went stone cold, and not like that stunner stone cold, some of a bitch type, that ice-cold summertime cool-off drink cold, like – like, yo, this is cold. I, I, I can't handle this. But nonetheless, the Heat have added someone who can help them during the playoffs and the season since Avery Bradley has been really hampered or sidelined throughout the course of this season. Hasn't played since February 3rd. That was a loss to the Wizards. Had a calf strain injury or calf injury and has not played since. He's missed 19-plus games in that. So Ariza does add something for them. So back to these trippers, okay, who have really, really, really struggled. And this is a whole Kyle Lowry situation where they can actually you know, trade them over and get that point guard to help out and facilitate and put, you know, the natural guys in their natural position. Because since February 1st, they've gone 10 wins 
11 losses. Okay? They're 4 and 6 in their last 10. Nothing about their play is reliable, and they need a point guard who has the ability to score, but is looking to involve Kawhi and PG by allowing them to be in their natural positions. They have never or ever been asked to be a Magic Johnson or LeBron James or a Luka type of player throughout their playing careers. Paul George had Hill when he was in Indiana. He had Westbrook when he was in OKC. Kawhi had Tony Parker alongside Tim Duncan and Ginobili. Hill as well, too. And Kyle Lowry in Toronto. Reggie Jackson is not the solution at the point guard position for them. Hill remains available, though. George Hill, that is. He's not playing in OKC due to the much-needed youth movement, as Shea Alexander is the focal point of that team going forward. And that's that's the smartest move they've done. They still have players as on the roster. Horford is still there as well, too. He could also be moved out with those young guys coming in, second-round draft pick, showcasing himself more so than less now. They have Bay, they have Dort, and a whole lot of future picks. Hill could be an option if, if Lowry goes to the 76ers to become, you know, Carlton alongside Ben Simmons, the Fresh Prince. But the willingness to not only pass the ball to Will, as he would have Embiid, Harris, Curry, Simmons, and, and himself, and that's a good starting five, as Doc Rivers would be able to make that second unit a better option, intertwine Lowry with them as well too, and have the ability to play playoff-type game, the option of having a point guard who can knock down some open shots along with Seth Curry, who can stretch the floor. As much as Danny Green has been contributing factors to the championship teams he's been on, more so less now than he was before, is one of the reasons why they should move on from him. So, within this secondary matchup lines that, you know, Doc can put together if this trade goes forward, we also, the Toronto Raptors, would get a big man in Drummond, which we do need. We could place ourselves with Chris at the stretch, open up that floor, give him some movement inside. You have Fred getting to the hole, the ability to pass, hit a pull-up jump shot. You also allow Pascal Siakam to have more of a mid-range aspect of his game, which that was his skill set with Kawhi there. He had the ability to kind of isolate himself on that island in the low post and work the mismatches as opposed to trying to get the ball off the dribble and take people one-on-one. Norm Powell is playing crazy, crazy right now. I know he's a free agent as well, too, but he's putting up production worth more minutes going forward. And with a movement of the ball is now in Fred's hands, why not? If not, why not now? What are we waiting for? The season to be over and for a rebuilding session, Kyle walks away as Kawhi did, as Gasol did, and as 
Serge Ibaka did as well, too. And we get nothing in return. All because we want to be nice Canadians in Toronto. It's a business, man. That's all I got to say. Do what's best for the Raptors going forward. But, like the top four I was talking about in the East. So, if everything aligns, things transpire, and we look at the final four in the Eastern Conference, we'll have the 76ers versus the fourth place Miami Heat. And then we have the Nets in second versus the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. Like, this to me would be an ideal matchup. Final four, living up to the hype, Jimmy versus Embiid. And the history they have there, with if they addition to Kyle Lowry and the ability to actually put Ben Simmons at the four, have him play defense as well to really take the ball out of his hands, but give him the avenue to run where he needs to be and it'll be a lot easier for him going forward as well, too. The game will be a lot smoother. Pace will be a lot better. And then you have Giannis versus KD, which you also have Holiday and Middleton up against Irving and Harden. They just picked up P.J. Tucker. These guys on the Nets just picked up Blake Griffin. So, you know, that Costco movie popcorn bag is going to be all I need to enjoy this. That's if it happens. That's if this matchup happens and these teams can stay within the realm of where they are now with Joel Embiid being injured, but I don't see it being that much of a long hiatus for him. He comes back. That one and two spot between the Brooklyn Nets and the 76ers is, is hit or miss. If he, KD, I mean, is going to just do what Kawhi did and prepare himself for the playoffs. That's ideal after coming back from Achilles injury and a calf that led to the Achilles and his calf is now a little iffy. Give him all the rest he needs because at the end of the day, you're playing this to win a championship to get to the final. And that's what needs to be done. So if that is the case, you have that. So they're good going that way. The Boston Celtics, they're in eighth right now, and I know they want Collins. That's the word on the street from Atlanta, but Atlanta's the winner of seven straight right now and then sitting in fifth in the East, and they may just keep him now that Nate McMillan's the head coach over there. It might be a different structure going forward. So they may have to wait another offseason, and the inability of Danny Ainge to even – do anything to put more pieces to that foundation of Tatum, Brown, Kemba. You put Collins down there as well, too. You, you need something. You have that trade, $28 million, that was a Hayward sign-and-trade with the Charlotte Hornets. There's a lot of stuff that you have to do. You cannot get to the Eastern Conference Final and then be so reluctant to add more pieces to better your team. So if they're ever in that situation again, because now you're playing for, let's get over that hump. What do we need? And Danny Ainge is waiting on people to retire, I think, or I don't know what he's doing, but with all the assets they have in their bag and all the ability and the money they have, they need to be shopping for somebody. And if the case is they wait till the buyout and they, you know, get drumming instead and, so on and so they can do that. And a lot of teams are reluctant to trade for Drummond 
due to the fact that if he doesn't get traded and the Cavaliers can't get anything for him, they're just going to buy him out and he's going to be on the market to get picked up. And LA might just swoop in and grab him and everybody else. You know, they waited for a buyout instead of pulling the trigger to make a trade to make their team better. So they need to do that. So the Raptors today, they face off against the Utah Jazz, who lost to the Washington Wizards last night, 131-122. You had Mitchell with 42 points, six assists, four rebounds, 16 for 30 from the floor. Westbrook, a 35-point triple-double with 13 assists, 15 rebounds, 12 for 23 from the floor. Added with Bradley Beal. Dropping 43, 16 of 24 from the floor, 7-8 from the free throw line. Westbrook was 9 for 11 from the free throw line. Ingles also helped out 12 for 17 with 34 points for the Utah Jazz in the loss. Now, the Raptors, they could be looking at a seven-game losing streak. I understand that whole COVID bug transpired and 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 things happen, but the Raptors have not been doing anything productive. They sat fifth at the All-Star break. Looked like they were turning the, the corner, you know, doing what they need to do, but they are now looking at their first win in seven games because of the six-game losing streak. They haven't been able to do much this season, and after winning four in a row, and everybody was like, oh, yes, they're doing what they got to do. They end up going one for eight in their last nine. They sit in 11th in the East, and they're 10 and a half games back out of first place. They're looking at three games out of the Eastern eighth spot. They could hit that 10th playoff spot, end up facing the 76ers in the first round, and hoping to get into that new play-in situation. But they got Indiana in front of them. They got the Pacers, who just got Levert back. The Bulls that are in ninth. I, I don't know about the Bulls. Zach Levine could also be a possibility to land in Philadelphia if that Lowry trade doesn't work through, and they wouldn't lose as much from that trade. The 76ers, would, they would just get better and have more offensive weaponry on their lineup so you know 76 is in a good place to make decisions the raptors are not in a good place as of now if they do get in playing game and they you know make some noise in the playoffs and they sustain that you know that is a different conversation but at the end of the day you're still gonna have to ask yourself with the free agency of norm with lowry's last season what benefit does it make for you to play out and see what happens this season and then lose everything in return. Not being able to re-sign a guy who you had the ability to trade away to get assets for just because you're worried about his feelings. And I get it. You won a championship, but you traded away DeMar DeRozan and you drafted DeMar. You traded for Lowry. You have more loyalty to a guy that you... So didn't select in the draft, but traded for, but are predicating the championship win with him and negating the fact that Kawhi Leonard was the player that gave everybody else the ability to be the player they are. 
because of how much he did on the defensive side of the floor as well as the offensive side and how much pressure was put on the opposing team to make sure they knew where he is at all times. So that is what needs to be done. And that's what I got to say about the East. The Western Conference, you know, with the Utah Jazz leading the way, Lakers four straight, Clippers struggling, uh, Phoenix may come back to reality a little bit and slip down and fall to the four or five spot. Uh, Portland injury now that CJ's back could be pushing themselves forward. Curry with a tailbone injury right now, sidelined, so that could be an issue. I don't think it's going to be longevity. Uh, Wiseman is out due to the COVID protocol, so they sit in ninth. Yeah, the Grizzlies in tenth. The Pelicans trying to move their way up to that tenth spot to have that playoff, that play-in as well too. So it's there's a lot of possibilities out in the West, and it all depends on this trade deadline or the buyout and who picks up what with Anthony Davis uh, coming off that or still still off with that Achilles, not really injury, but the precaution of that the ten the tenderness of it. Um, Picking up Drummond on a buyout is basically giving them a free option of, hey, we now have a big who is a double-double walking machine who can control and dictate the pace, kind of similar to what Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz have. Now, all of a sudden, you put in Davis, and he doesn't have to worry about rim protecting and doing all the stuff that he was put on him to do, and he could just play that natural four, which he wanted to, and that's scary. Uh, that's what I don't think everybody wants to realize. If they're not going to make moves, the Lakers will by all means make those moves because LeBron is in his tail end of his career. And I think management and him as well know it's championship or bust. That's what it is. Now, with that being said, championship or bust, yo, The Bachelor. Let me just say about The Bachelor. I understand Matt chose Rachel. I, I thought Michelle was the choice because of the way they fit, what they did, how she was, the fact she introduced him to her whole entire class and all that retrospect. But he chose Rachel. Came on, I was shocked as hell. And now to find out that him and Rachel broke up because of the fact that she went to some kind of, uh, let's just say some stupid, ill-advised stuff that she like, she didn't know about it, and I I don't understand. I don't think it's on her as much as it's on her upbringing. And I realize why Matt might be mad about the fact that when he brought it up to her, she didn't know what was so wrong with it until he informed her about it. So that, I don't think, has as much to do with the way she is, but the culture she grew up with that was acceptable of that. And I hope they work through this stuff because they seem like they have a passionate, you know, connection and so on and so forth. And that after the Rose moments were very odd pauses of him pondering what to say on national television. But wish him the best. The one damn thing I have, the issue I have, nobody ate the food. I'm watching this with the missus. And every time they have a one-on-one -on -one date, I'm thinking to myself, yo, can someone just take a bite? I want to see the reaction of someone's face to understand if this is delicious or not. It's just showcasing there. I was starving. It looks so good. It's succulent. 
dog, the chicken breast, and not even one person put the god dang napkin on their lap, the fork and knife, you know, cut it, you know, sample one, sample the other. They had dessert. Nobody throughout the season ate a damn thing on those plates during their dates, and I'm frustrated as hell for that. That is a takeaway I have from The Bachelor. Look forward to The Bachelorette and what transpires with the back-to-back female rendition of Michelle. And I do not remember her name, but she and Matt had a great relationship. And uh, I I respected the fact that she brought forth what was transpiring in the house because I couldn't be on that show, The Bachelor, because I couldn't remember anyone's goddamn name after the first day. And then I'd have to be in my room looking at pictures of people and I'd have to give them like code words so I could remember. And then the conversation, I would have to be, I would kick out like 30, they give you 30, I would kick out 20 of them on the first night. And then I'd probably be down to two on two or three on the second because the conversations I need to have, I wouldn't want to have because I would look at the person I'm sitting beside like, yo, I don't care, but you have to be intrigued. You're on the show for that reason. So, sorry about that. That's my rant about The Bachelor on this episode, as well as I gave you my hot, hot, hot takes on what I think the NBA and the Raptors and the top four in the East need to do, and the ability of the Boston Celtics to actually do something productive. Atlanta's on a hot streak now because of Nate, and the West looks like the Lakers are going to increase their chances if nobody's willing to pull the trigger and trade with Cleveland for Drummond and he gets bought out and he is shipped elsewhere. Kevin Love is also a possibility to land somewhere as well too. They got a lot of aspects of bigs in, I don't know if aspects of the word, but Aztec. They got a lot of things in Cleveland that they have plenty of and they just are hoarding for no reason whatsoever. So I, I, I expect them to be sellers throughout the course of this trade deadline as well, too. We're almost there. But the Raptors need to be productive. They play the Utah Jazz tonight, and Utah just came off that loss against the Wizards. And I believe that this is that seventh loss in a row for the Raps, uh, unless the Utah Jazz play as bad as the Raptors do on back-to-backs. We're about to figure that out. Once again, appreciate you taking the time to listen. My podcast, The NBA Way, my thoughts, my days, mask up, be safe. Do what you got to do. Enjoy your day.